Welcome to the LDS Divorce Coach Podcast. I take the sting out of divorce. This is your host, Emily Sanchez. Holy cow, it is 2019. Happy New Year. I hope everybody had a wonderful holiday season, that Christmas was awesome, that the New Year's have you feeling better, that you have a brighter hope in things. That always happens, I think, a lot of times with the new year. But man, this holiday season was a whirlwind. Let's just say that. I was talking to another mom and she says, you know, it takes a lot to make magic. I thought that was interesting. It really does. And I didn't even make that much magic. It was mostly my husband, but I'm happy to be here. I have not been around for a couple weeks, so I am super excited about my subject today. I've been thinking a lot about it. So I hope you enjoy and I hope you can feel and learn and grow from what I say. So the subject today is dealing with judgment. You know, we all go through those stages where we feel like we're being judged and it's just a crappy feeling, right? So we want to get rid of it, seriously. So I wanted to tell you a personal story, okay? You're probably going to think bad of me. So what? I'm over that. So hopefully you'll get some comic relief from the story and you can just feel for me a little bit or feel with me. So the background of the story, this was a few years ago. We had just spent a week in Mexico where my husband is from, Ensenada. Um, It's a wonderful, wonderful place. Great food, fun times with family. But if you know me, I like to get back to the United States as early as possible because crossing the border is terrible. I mean, I've had the worst experiences waiting at the border for four four hours and then getting right up to being the second car in line to cross and they told me it was closed. So after an experience like that, I just told my husband, we've got to get there early. So the earlier you get there, the better. And so we were off. We were back to the United States. It had been a long week and it had been a little bit hard. My daughter had been super sick, super duper sick. So it just made me worried. Her temperature was really, really high. And um, so I was a little bit frazzled to begin with. We left not early enough. So I admit, I was already upset. I was mad. I felt like we weren't going to get there in time. We were going to have a huge border wait. And I don't like waiting. (laughs) So we get to a little place outside of a little town called Tecate. And we are at a gas station because my daughter threw up. And the other, I had a baby at the time who was screaming And so I had to clean up my daughter. We just threw her car seat away in a dumpster. Like, that's how bad it was. And so while we were parked there, it was drizzling. It was a little bit muddy. There was a woman who opened her car door and slammed it against my van. So as I'm stripping down my two or three-year-old, I can't remember how old she was, because of all the puke, I hear that ding not just a ding, a huge thud on my door. So I go outside and I'm just mad, okay? And I see there's this huge mark on my door. 
And so I turned to the woman and I just motioned to my car like, what did you just do? She was so unapologetic and she just went up to it and she took her finger and just kind of erased where her mark was. And luckily, there was no mark that it actually was just mud. And the dent that I thought was a huge dent was just her car door cleaning off the mud on my door. And so I was like, oh, okay. And she said, don't be such a bee. She said that to me. And that just set me off. And I was like, are you kidding me right now? And I don't know what I said to her. I had no words. I was so frazzled. I seriously almost got in a fist fight. And she said to me in a big white girl accent, calmate. Okay. She was not Hispanic, but calmate means calm down. And also, if you know me, when I'm in heightened state, I don't like to be told to calm down. And she also was judging me and, you know, calling me names. And she was criticizing me for stripping down my baby girl. She had no idea what I was going through. And I seriously sat there and almost fought her. It was terrible, okay? It was like the lowest point. So anyway, every time we drive by that gas station, my husband says, oh, it's Calmate, it's Calmate. He, he loves the story, he just makes fun of me. But I wanted to share that story with you as we're talking about feeling judged because that was a situation where it was blatant judgment in my face and how I handled it was not good, but at least I did not swing. I wanted to hit her in the face, but at least I didn't, okay? So the reason, and this is my number one for dealing with feeling judged, is the state I was in was so poor. And that was the entire, like, if I could have changed my state, my reaction to her would have been so different. But I was frustrated. I was mad. I was tired. I was not in what Tony Robbins likes to call a beautiful state. I was in the opposite. And so because of that state, my reactions to her judgment were so poor. And so you can just learn from it. And so number one, if we are in a beautiful state, if we know how to control our state, how do we control state? Well, there's lots of things. Our physiology is huge. If you're feeling tired, if you're feeling down, um, if you're feeling mad or upset, if you change your physiology, I mean, I've said it so many times, if you go on a run, if you get up, if you get your blood pumping, if you even get up and just kind of swing your arms up and down and get yourself moving, you can change how you feel. If you smile, that's changing your physiology. You know, if you kind of rub your shoulders and or if you go and just move, it's a huge, huge difference. Um, but you've got to be aware of your state. And at that moment, I was not aware. I was totally into myself and into the down feelings that I was feeling. And another thing I, I say all the time is our focus. So in changing our state, what are we focusing on? Well, in my situation, I was focusing on how late we were. I was focusing on how my daughter was throwing up. I was focusing on all the negative. 
I could not see the positive. So if I could have changed my focus, if I, if I could have changed my focus outward, maybe the lady was having a super bad day. I was focusing on myself and how I was being treated. But we all know that when we are in that wonderful state, when we are feeling good, when we are outward focused, when we say kind things to ourselves and our thoughts and we have great physiology and we're ready for the day, we're ready for things to happen, we're like, bring it on, folks, you really can handle anything. And so that's number one. If we live in a beautiful state, no judgment that's cast upon us will even affect us. It will just roll off our backs. Okay, so number two is big. Let go of perfectionism. And in this case of maybe feeling judged because we're a divorced LDS person, or we are single, or we're newly single, or it doesn't even have to do with being LDS or not, but let go of what you think is normal, not even the perfectionism, but normal, what you think you've lost. You know, what? as an LDS person, when, when you're dwelling on going to church alone, thinking how hard that is in this culture, I'm sorry, but it's just not an issue anymore. There's so many divorced people. There's so many single people. Uh, like me or not for saying it, but what is normal anymore, folks? We don't know what normal is. There is no normal. Okay? There's no perfect situation anymore because there's such a modge podge everywhere. It's in your mind. And, and usually perfectionism, it's just a disguise. For something that's the bigger issue, which is usually insecurity. So I want you to think about it for a second. We're worried about what others think. We blame it on things not being perfect in our lives. And it stops us from doing. It stops us from going or it stops us from progressing. But the real reason is we're insecure. We lack the self-confidence. So go back and listen to my self-confidence podcast. <laughs> okay, or another example of this is we're working on some sort of project, right? Or a business launch or or whatever, but we don't go for it. We don't launch it. We don't publish it. We don't, you know, whatever it is, because we say, well, it's not perfect yet. I, I just need to get it perfect. We, you know, you have that fear of the judgment of what other people's people are going to think. But no, it's actually something deeper. It's insecurity disguised as imperfection. Um, I, I know people who don't even want to go to church anymore because they are so paralyzed by what other people think of them. It's really, really sad. They think because of something that happened, um, their husband did something that really, really embarrassed her. Um, she is so worried about what others are thinking that she can't even go into the church building. So that's that's really sad to me. Um, and that goes beyond uh, the perfectionism. But that's a huge, huge insecurity. So how do we build self-confidence? If you haven't heard my podcast, in a nutshell, it's by doing. It's by going. It's by doing the things that you think in your mind are hard. Okay, that's the nutshell. So number two, let go of so-called perfectionism 
even normalism, what you think is normal, because there is no normal. Oh gosh, I sound so adamant about everything, but I, I'm telling you, when I get excited, I have the adamant voice, I guess. It's just me, but I really, really believe in these points, so I'm, I'm hoping you're following. Okay, number three. Oh, this is a fun one, okay? And this one comes from my mom, and it's really helped me with everything in my life, everything that I do. And I hope that you don't take it the wrong way. Okay, so number three is people don't care as much as we may think they do. So this goes back to my friend who's paralyzed about going to church because she's so worried about what other people think of what happened to her. Sad, right? Guess what? People do not care. I'm sorry, but they don't. <laughs> people care about themselves. They care about their own problems and their own struggles. Okay? So I'd always use this, what my mom would say, when I have to give a talk in church or have to speak in front of a large amount of people. I used to get pretty scared to do it, but now it's weird. I actually like it. But I always think people do not care. They're not going to remember. I'm sorry, but I am not that important. So let's say you bomb a speech. Guess what happens? People will forget. I'm sorry, but they do. You are not that important to them. <laughs> Does that sound rude? But um, you're just not. They forget. Think about it yourself. Do you remember the recent talks? Do you remember people messing up or being super duper duper nervous or, or I don't know, whatever? Do you even remember them messing up? No, because we don't care. So after my divorce, I was pretty devastated, okay? I admit I was embarrassed. I didn't want to run into people that I knew and have to repeat the same sob story over and over. I'm divorced, blah, blah. So this advice that my mom gave me was so great for me because what it did was I'd run into people and I'm kind of a rip the bandaid off type of person. So, And I also get this question, how do you tell people that you're divorced that haven't heard or, or whatever? And I seriously say rip the bandaid off. So I'd run into people that may have heard or maybe it's awkward when they see me. They don't want to bring it up. So I'm like, hi, yeah, I'm divorced. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm divorced now. Okay. And, you know, I knew they'd probably think for like five minutes afterwards, oh, poor Emily. They'd pity me, which I hate to be pitied. But guess what? Then they'll get over it. Okay. So they're not going home. And they're not like thinking about it. And they're not thinking about what happened with you guys. And they're not like all worried about it. No, that's us. We're the ones that are worried about ourselves and think way too much about ourselves and all the things that ourselves are doing. Not them. They do not care. Okay, so I would rip the bandaid off when I saw people. Well, hey, I'm divorced. I, I kind of do it comically because that's how I deal with difficult things. I use humor as a defense mechanism. Maybe I shouldn't, but that's what I do. And what I noticed um, also is that if people do go home and think about you, they usually care about you. They, they probably love you and actually care. Those are the people that they're actually not judging you. And I got a lot of nice, really nice, helpful letters from people who legitimately cared about me. 
And so that's why I say you can kind of weed out the people that care about you are actually may think about you, but it will be in love. It really will. And the people that you think are judging you uh, probably are not. And who cares if they do? Because it's probably for like five seconds. They really don't care. Okay, so number three, as harsh as it sounds, people don't care as much as we may think. But that saying from my mom helped me so much because it's like, okay, well, then I can do anything because people will forget. People are very forgetful. So who cares? You just go and do your thing. Okay, number four. Now, I've heard this question recently. How do you deal with people who don't want to date you because they find out you're divorced. Okay, so um, these people, maybe they're on a dating website or something, they start talking to, to others who ask them about the divorce, and so they feel judged because the people come right out and say, well, I'm sorry, I'm not interested. You're divorced. I don't want to date someone that's been divorced. Because that shows me blah, 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 judgment, judgment, judgment. You don't know how to be married or you don't know how to have a successful relationship or you're going to get divorced again, the statistics show, or or whatever judgmental thing happens. But the, the interesting thing is when I started getting this question a lot, I seriously was like, is this really a thing? Is this really a question? People don't date you because you're divorced? Now, the reason I was a little bit surprised is because it's so commonplace, folks. It seems like everybody's divorced. It seems like it's just so common that it shouldn't be an issue for anyone. But you know what? Apparently it is. And I say, be so glad you found out from the beginning. We cannot change how other people think and what their views are. But just be super glad they do not know what they will be missing out on. Okay, so that's all I have to say on number four is if somebody doesn't want to date you because they're judging you and they find out that you're divorced. Good. That's a good thing because you do not want to be with that type of person who would judge you for for things they don't even know about. Okay, so wonderful. They don't know what they're missing. Good deal that they even judged you for it. Be happy you weeded that person out. Okay, and number five is my last one. It is the biggest one to stop feeling judged. If you don't want to feel judged by others, stop judging others, yourself. That's huge. That's the biggest one. So we've heard that scripture about by what measure you judge others ye will be judged, basically. You know, how forgiving we are to others, that will be the same judgment we have, or that's how God will forgive us. I'm kind of messing that scripture up, but I think you know what I mean. And that is, it's so true that it's our mindset. And and I bet you can think of people who feel super judged and paralyzed by their situations, And a lot of times, not all the time, okay, but a lot of times those people are the ones who have some pretty strong opinions about other people's situations. So we have to notice how we are judging others because I'm telling you, 
as you start recognizing it and as you start erasing that from your life, you will feel. It's like the equal and opposite reaction. It comes back to you. You will not feel as judged as ye stop judging others. I said ye like I was reading my own scripture or something, but you know what I mean. So, but we have to be aware. All right, we've got to notice it. We've got to be aware. We've got to recognize it. We've got to say something to ourselves like, oh my gosh, Emily, you totally just judged her so that we can stop the pattern and we'd have to replace it with something. So I could say, oh my gosh, I just noticed that I was judging her. Um, you can use Mel Robbins, five, four, three, two, one. I'm going to do something different. Then you could say something like, I have absolutely no idea what her situation is. I am not going to judge anymore. You know, something like that where you can break your pattern. Now, the interesting thing, I just thought of my niece and I used to play this funny game. Well, we thought it was funny, which we entitled The Benefit of the Doubt. So we decided if we encountered any type of rudeness or weird behavior or whatever, like people just were treating us poorly, we would make up an excuse for them. And our excuses would be pretty creative. We'd try to think of like these wild excuses to give people the benefit of the doubt. And so we'd be together when we would do this. Maybe we'd be like getting a hamburger fast food somewhere and somebody was rude to us. And we'd look at each other and we'd say, you know what? She probably broke up with her boyfriend last night. That's why, you know, or maybe she got no sleep last night or maybe she failed a test in her animal class or, you know, we would try to be funny and we try to be crazy, you know, about our examples of, of the benefit of the doubt. Um, now we didn't do this because we were saints. It just, we just kind of started doing it to be funny, but you know, the interesting thing that happens to me at least is even when my niece wasn't around, my mind started doing it. My mind started playing the benefit of the doubt game and it was really, really good. It also showed me that I was judging people a lot for no reason. And, but I would come up with immediate benefits of the doubt for them. So as we can recognize, as we start doing things to train our brains and get rid of that judgment, it can and it will happen. So that's it from me. Um, just to review these steps, number one. So this is helping us to get rid of feeling like we're being judged for being divorced or for, you know, actually for whatever reason. But number one is we need to concentrate on what state we are in. If we are in a beautiful state, we can take on any judgment that comes our way. Number two, let go of perfectionism. And in this case, let go of normalization. Because there's no normal anymore. There really isn't. So let's let go of trying to be or trying to appear normal or perfect or whatever. Number three, people don't care as much as we may think. So remember, we can get over stuff a lot quicker if we realize, you know what? People will not dwell on it. They do not care. They care about themselves and their struggles. 
Number four is if you are faced with someone not wanting to date you because you are divorced, good. That's a good thing. They don't know what they're missing. And number five, if you don't want to feel judged by others, stop judging others. All right. I hope you all have an amazing day today and that you feel great and wonderful and you're ready to just make things happen. All right. Bye. Thank you so much for listening today. Come on over and visit me at CoachEmilySanchez.com. Don't forget to subscribe. And as always, make it a great day.